Welcome and thanks for tuning in. While you listen to this podcast and think about the topics that we'll explore, remember, the areas you're moving into are always most important. Plan well and move to protect others and yourself. That's how you deliver flawless service and move America safely. So enjoy life and enjoy this podcast. Welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real. Today, Travis, our producer, is going to be sitting in giving me a hand. We're going to have uh, one of our million safe mile drivers, Karen Baltus, and her fleet manager will also be sitting with us today, uh, Jesse Warrens. Karen, what, what brings you here today? I'm receiving my Million Mile Award. Oh, fantastic. How long did it take you to get that? Um, it took me uh, seven years to do a million career miles and eight years to do the million safe miles. Oh, fantastic. So, yes, I had some little oopses at first. <laughs> did, you, did you find that as... You know, some people say you're really you're really lucky. How did you feel yourself getting there? What what what? Let's see the way to say that. What uh what aided you to get to that point? A million miles. And overcome those setbacks. Yeah, I, that's that's hard to explain because you know what? My favorite saying is there's so many twists and turns mm-hmm. uh, in trucking, mm-hmm. and you don't sign up for half of them and you don't predict the other half right. and it is it, it's hard uh i uh the first year i did some oopses so i had to make up one hundred thirty thousand to get to that million mm-hmm. um and considering i didn't know anything about trucking before i started mm-hmm. um it was it was a long long eight years. <laughs> Did, was this the first trucking company you worked for? Yeah, never done it before. And you come through the training here? Yes. Okay. I mean, I might as well start there. I mean, what did you think of the training? That was what year? Twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. Okay. That was I started here in fifteen. So oh, okay. that's kind of cool. What um, how how was the training back then? What was it like? You know, how uh, long was it? For me, it was uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know anything about trucks. I knew nothing about driving. My issue was shifting. Okay. And of course, now we don't even have to shift, yeah. so that's interesting. Um, but yeah, the, the shifting, I just couldn't get down. So, so when I would leave here after um, uh, 
training, I would mm-hmm. practice it in my vehicle, but not really have right. a shifter. <laughs> so, how, how long was the training program at uh, that time? It was three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I did uh, not pass uh, on the backing okay. on my my first time, so mm-hmm. so they did keep me on for another week. Okay. And uh, so yeah, it was four weeks for me, and yeah. So pretty much your stubbornness and persistence of not giving up kept you here. Yeah. And and obviously it worked out pretty good for you. You're still here. I'm still here. Um, after a lot of tears <laughs> and, and a lot of a lot of joys too. You know, if, right. like I said, it's so many twists and turns. You know, mm-hmm. one minute you're really excited, and then the next minute you're just. <sighs> There's a lot of ups and downs in trucking. Yeah, and luckily. Um, Braille does give support, a lot of support everywhere right. and anywhere you need it. So so that probably kept me going more than anything. So after you got done with your GYCDL pr- training, you went out with a road trainer, I'm, I'm assuming. That's mm-hmm. what everybody does. How long were you with them? Um, probably three weeks. Three weeks. And how did that go, if you can um, remember? For me, uh, that was tough, too. Um, he said I was the best driver he ever had. He uh, said that he wanted to team with me. Um, um, but it was a tough three weeks. Right. A lot, a lot of learning. You know, once I got in my own truck, it was, it was good going. So when you got that first load... By yourself, oh, Lord. <laughs> how was that? I mean, did it, did it set in? Like, you know, when I do the DSCs, people, when they come back after the trainers and they get they test out to get their trucks, most of the time they go, well, what do you think? I ask them, you know, what do you think? How, are you ready to do this? And they go, it just sunk in. I'm by myself. There's not for the first time in a semi-truck, this eight-and-a-half-foot wide, 73-foot long, I'm by myself. Yes, you got a fleet manager that can answer any questions. Our FTM, you've got. <laughs> Thank God for them. <laughs> yeah, I mean these 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 guys are heaven sent. <laughs> so, what did you think? Well, first of all, um, I don't remember my first load. Mm-hmm. I do remember getting in that truck, going, "Oh my God, how am I going to do this?" Mm-hmm. But I had probably the most wonderful uh, first time fleet manager. Uh, he had driven before, mm-hmm. so he knew. I called him probably a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, sent him crazy messages, um, but he helped me get through those first six months. He was he was here for six months, and then he left. Um, I, I honestly, I cried when he was going to leave because mm-hmm. I thought I'd never be able to do it by myself. Mm-hmm. But lo and behold, there's been a lot of other wonderful fleet managers that have uh, gotten me through some tough times. Um, and you looked at Jesse just then. Yeah, she doesn't need us anymore. <laughs> and speaking of Jesse, Jesse Warren. Yes, sir. How long have you been working at Rail here? Um, almost a year and a half. Started year March first, twenty twenty one. And you're you're Karen's fleet manager now. Yep. How's everything going? With Karen? Yes. I, I don't have to deal with Karen. <laughs> that's, that's always a good thing. Oh, yes, he does. Karen just exists in the world. Um, and yeah. does a fine job at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I have a lot of great drivers. Uh, Karen was one of uh, 
a handful. I got a, a board from a, a really experienced fleet manager. Um, that was kind of a, a blessing, I guess, for me because I was handed drivers like Karen who I, you, you, you don't have to do much. Of course, that's changed over the course of time, and I have a lot more newer drivers and everything now. But, um, yeah, drivers like Karen, you don't really have to think about. You just kind of dispatch them and let them do their thing, and I'll let you know if you need something. How many do you have on your board now? Uh, I think I'm at about 45 right now. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, it's, it's a party. I could not imagine, yeah. It's a party. Yeah, it's a party. But when you day. got people like Karen, it kind of makes it easy, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you like every one of those that kind of are uh, hands-free. Cause My, mine would always tell me when I drove. I drove for him for a few years, and mine would always tell me he'd go, you, you've got to call at least one time a day. You've got to send <laughs> us a message or something. I said, well, I'll call you when I have a problem. I just never had much of a problem. Right, right. <laughs> he said, I just want to know you're alive or it's good to go. I just, uh, that's that's the way, you know, I hit uh, owner-operator of the year over here, and I, I had no clue. I was like, how in the world did I get that? He goes, we never hear anything from you. Just do your job. Right. You just keep you busy. Right. So you're here today, obviously, because you're getting a million mile. A um, million safe. Yeah, a million safe miles. Yeah. That's that's pretty awesome. What do you, what? how did you uh, accomplish that out there? Obviously, it wasn't a luck involved in it no it wasn't um just paying attention you know i think i think um real safe seven um Mm -hmm. know what's happening is probably the most important thing to me Mm -hmm. i know they um push the slow down and stay back but if you know what's happening out there and there's a lot happening out there um, you know, you, you do slow down, you do stay mm-hmm. back, you reduce the risk, you, um, you, you tend to follow the other safe seven. So uh, knowing what's happening That's out there the because one. that there's just always something you, going on. You see it coming. I mean, how many times have you had that car pass you and come up right in front of you and exit off? It happens. Yep. You, you, and you go, I knew they were going to do that. You knew, you know, it's going to happen. Yep. A lot of times people get in trouble they get frustrated. They know it's, they already know. Half the time when I deal with people post-accident, they go, yeah, I made a mistake. I didn't get out and look. I didn't, I, I seen it happen and I just didn't back off. To, I had to go. So obviously you're, you don't have that attitude where you have to go, have to go. You, you back off, give them, give them space. Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is uh, four years ago, I decided Thanks to Jolene from Fuel and Routing, mm-hmm. um, we were talking one day and she was telling me the story about um, uh, owner-operator uh, saying it was too expensive. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, just try, no, she said, I'll challenge you to do 60 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And that, that stayed with me mm-hmm. uh, for a long time, but four years ago... I did start going 60, and I would say, well, for the first three years, I just went 60 miles an hour all mm-hmm. the time. Now I go 60 when I'm loaded. I probably go 65 more often when I'm empty. And, you know, it is amazing. I feel so much more relaxed out there. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was doing 63, when I first started, we were right. governed at 63. And you felt like you were making decisions all day long. And right. then they upped it to 65. And then I felt like really making a lot of decisions. You know, should I pass? Should I do this? Should I do that? You know, 
And I was tired of it. I was tired of the traffic and making those decisions all day long. So I went to 60 miles an hour, and it was hard at first. And how many miles did you drive last year, Karen? Uh, 157,000. That's not too shabby. At 60 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I, you, you don't feel as stressed because most of the time the people that get stressed are the people that are running 70, 80 mile an hour down the road. Because you're constantly passing somebody, then you hit a hill, then they're passing you, or it's just back and forth. If you just set you set your cruise or or put your foot down on it, and I've got a pretty consistent foot, and you just you just drive, you know, sixty mile an hour. The people's got to go, go, go. They're going around you, and let them go. Yep. You know, sometimes you might have to back back down to the fifty five, fifty eight. What did you Never. lose? What did you <laughs> lose? What did you lose? You know, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing. You know, at first it was, you know, as being a female, I would think, ah, oh, these drivers are thinking, yeah, right. damn female, you know, <laughs> driving down the road at 60. But it doesn't even phase me anymore. I just do it. I'm much more relaxed. It's just like when you get to the truck stops. You, you've got a million safe miles driving now. How often do you get out at the truck when you're backing? I, I mean, if I question it, I'll right. get out. But... Um, I mean, like last night, I was I was uh, doing a ninety in this funny uh, parking lot up in Wausau, mm-hmm. and and I actually got out and looked. Um, it was a big enough spot; I probably wouldn't have had to. But yeah, it was it, it was a different kind of backing. Right. So yeah. Yeah, it's just amazing. Just that that few seconds of getting out and looking, or like you said, slowing down to sixty mile an hour versus just keeping it hammered to sixty five all the time. What, it slows things down. It slows your mind down, right? Right. It does. You don't feel exhausted at the end of the day. That was the hardest thing when I came over here. I, I was always owner-operator, and most of the time I was running up under my own authority. So it was got to go, got to go, got to go. So one day, I just like you did, I woke up, and I was like, I've been doing the same thing for 15 years. But I just woke up one day, and I was like, I, I don't want to do it. I came to work with Rail. I called him. I looked up the safest company I could work with. This popped up, and I came to work over, and it was pretty good. You know, it's about the best thing I ever did, honestly. So, we we know you came through the GYCDL. Yeah, we know how the training was. It could have been better, honestly. You got on your own. How would how did the first year go? You know, any trials and tribulations throughout the year? Definitely. Um, I uh, had a few obstacles to overcome um, mm-hmm. and a lot of tears mm-hmm. <laughs> knowing that I've never done this before although um, before I actually chose rail a friend of mine uh, introduced me to her brother-in-law that mm-hmm. had been driving for 30 some years oh, wow. and uh, he does the big oversized the loads. RDN stuff yeah okay the big stuff mm-hmm. and uh he he was like an encyclopedia of knowledge. Man, mm-hmm. I, I am telling you. I mean, he doesn't know anything about rail. He didn't mm-hmm. know anything about the computers. But what he did know is where truck stops were. And I'd say, oh, my God, I'm going to Washington. What, what, what am right. I going to you know, get into? You know, and he could tell me, you know, any tunnels. He could tell me mm-hmm. any, you know, curves that I want to watch out for. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was just incredible. One time, I uh, uh, my uh, s- power steering mm-hmm. uh, reservoir 
mm-hmm. uh, cracked while I was on 476 in Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. And I called maintenance. No, they weren't there. It was in the middle of the night. And uh, so, so the night ops weren't mm-hmm. real helpful. So I called him in the middle of the night, and he's like, take your time, put your flashes on. There's a plaza about 35 miles ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. And now you find yourself knowing all of that now, yes. where they're at, where this is at. Wait, I didn't even think to ask you, where are you from? I am from Willard. Willard, Wisconsin? Uh-huh. Okay. And Over you live, by Greenwood. You've lived Nielsville? here. You've lived here all your life? Yes. So before you started driving, how, how much had you been out of the state of Wisconsin other than oh, vacation? Oh, quite a bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've always enjoyed driving. And, okay. Yeah. But had you been out, like you said, Wyoming, out to the Northwest, have you been there? Yeah. Okay. Yep. See, I was a polar opposite. I was from Georgia, South Georgia. Went to Florida on vacation. That was about the extent. And I pulled oversize. So my first load was to Washington, D.C. And I was freaking. <laughs> with a 16 wide, 16 too tall, 80 foot long. Yeah, I was kind of nervous a little bit. So I can I can I sympathize where you and, – and I just like you, I didn't know where the truck stops were. I didn't know where the rest area was. I was just, they just said, here goes a truck. Good luck. At that time, you didn't have the training like you do at rail. Mm-hmm. And, and we have the MyRail app where people can find stops, right? And, yeah, and rail. Scales and all I think that we had a pager back then. So I don't. I couldn't look up an app on a pager. It wasn't. It, it, people don't even know what a pager is I, anymore. I don't. It's, it was a little box that you clipped on your hip, and uh, people would call you, like a text kind of, and it would be a phone number. And everybody put 911 on it meant you need to call emergency, call right then. This, bl- this blows me away that nobody knows what a pager is I anymore. <laughs> Actually, I think I know what you're talking yeah. about, but but I never had one. No, no. That's, no. <laughs> no, that's what we had back in trucking. That's what we used back then was they would page you, and you would call, and then you would pull into this truck stop, and in the truck stops – uh, you would have this long walls with telephones, pay phones down both shoulders of, of the wall. And you would maybe get in there for about two seconds because people were talking to their families and this and that. There would probably be 20 pay phones on the wall. And that's how you got a hold of your family back wow. then. And then people would send you a pager. I'm sitting here motioning like everybody can see what I'm talking about. But it would be a pager and it would be a phone number. 911 meant you got to call right away. And it would be my fleet manager. or Back then it was dispatchers. <laughs> And I'd be put this big oversized thing in this truck stop, and I'm working. I'm like, oh no, I got to get in there. And call this is is an emergency. We've got to do this right now. And I'd get in there. Hey, where are you located at? Because uh, we didn't have tracking or anything back then. <laughs> and I go, well, I'm in this time. Everything going okay? Yeah. Okay, well, call me tomorrow. <laughs> I, you just got me in. <laughs> so the technology. Oh, would that drive me nuts? <laughs> so the technology today, it's kind of kind of cool. The, the 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 way where it's come from now and we've got uh uh john poppy and his yeah. it crew working on the right. tablets if you've heard of yes that. we've got an episode uh we've had john on we did yeah john john is um he, he tells you a lot of so there's actually a great podcast on that right now that we did recently and he's talking about the the different updates and how people ha, have you had a lot of the the roads that you go on where it's telling you hey you're speeding on such and such road and i'm like with co-pilot, yeah. Yeah, with the co-pilot. And you're like, no, I'm not. It's it's right there. I've yeah. literally pointed out, like if somebody can see me like an idiot, I'm pointing <laughs> out. No, I'm not. 
But they, there's actually a feature on our on our door you can push in and, and flag it, and they can update all of this stuff on the that John was telling me. I had no clue. Yeah, you flag I'm it. I'm the co-pilot. Yeah. yeah. So you flag you you. There's a flag on it. Uh, you hit the flag. That's all you got to do. Then you can you don't have to like you you know it's just an easy hit tap of the flag, and you keep driving. And then when you stop, you can go in and edit and make notes on yeah, what exactly no was idea. going on when you hit that flag. Mm-hmm. So it helps, you know, that that human, the human intelligence, it helps to improve the system. When I first started, Copilot was really good until Mm -hmm. you got to the last couple miles. That's it. It gets you to the the general area. But now, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. I bet you, and it's really sad. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've always written down uh, the routing directions Mm -hmm. and the last few miles um, the local directions that the customer gives right. gives us, but Copilot takes you right to the guard shack. I don't oh wow! Know if you so know it has that. improved. I hadn't driven. I hadn't driven in a few years, so I'm sure stuff is always updating. But it's, I'm glad to hear incredible. that it's got better. Incredible! Right. What a time saver! And mm. um, yeah, kudos to those guys because that must have been a lot of work to all the customers. Right. Uh, I can only imagine. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear that. That's that's a, I, I hadn't really spoke to anyone about that recently. So I'm really glad to hear that it has improved. Because when I when I was driving, it was not the best. Mm-hmm. So it gets you. But yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah Copilot is awesome. And actually, Jolene told me that um, the reason they went to that is mm-hmm. because drivers most accidents were happening right at the last mile or two. You know, to, I've always to a customer, and I've, I believe it. I've always heard that <laughs> when I live down in Georgia, I've always heard that accidents normally happen a mile away from your residence. So I moved up to Wisconsin because I'm like, I don't want to live down in Georgia because that's where all the accidents happen. No, well, that's everywhere. It's a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I always got a kick out of that. I heard that somewhere. Another guy said, yeah, most accidents happen a mile away from my house. So then I moved to the next neighborhood, and daggummit, they're still happening there, too. <laughs> So they follow you. Yeah, they follow you, you know. So, well, I, I'm glad to hear that. Well, if you're not paying attention, they follow you. And it probably makes Jesse's job a lot easier, too. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I remember many times, you know, calling and mm-hmm. saying, I can't find this place. Right. Yeah. And for the record, it doesn't walk you all the way in on every customer. Not every. <laughs> Don't rely on it still. still write you know down what? And, and Jesse, I think a lot of new drivers, they don't write routing down. No. They have no idea where that co-pilot's taking them. So, so Jesse, and that's scary. Since you brought that up, mm-hmm. what is what could a guy do or a girl? What could a person what could a yeah, person driver. do? A driver do? Um if they get in a situation like that. I mean, I think when you start your trip Look mm-hmm. up where you're going, like you said, on Google Maps. You can blow it up, look at Do exactly this plan. place you're supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And that way you have an idea when you're getting in there. Yeah, okay, that co-pilot's getting you there. But at least you know, okay, the guard shack's going to be on the left side, mm-hmm. and it's going to be, you know, you kind of can line up where you're going to be before you get there, as, assuming you have a smartphone and can do that. I think almost everybody nowadays. Yeah. I, I I say I have one that, that doesn't. Don't the older generation? <laughs> I was going to say that. I said that the other day. Yeah, you were saying. Travis? We've got that tab. We've got the tablet that mm-hmm. they're working on to replace the truck PC. Hopefully soon, and uh, maybe that'll give yeah, those that drivers that don't made. have the smartphones access to all that stuff. Karen, right. have you had a chance to see the new tablets they're putting no. in some of the trucks? They're amazing. They're they're a bigger screen. 
you can literally you don't have to worry about writing the numbers down to pick up numbers and stuff such as that you can literally pop it out of the truck take it in with you and hey my pickup numbers blah 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 it is amazing i, I seen one the what other day what if they day. drop those <laughs> they're pretty durable they're they're honestly you know i mean it could happen yeah they got them in a nice case don't yeah they? they got them in a nice case and they're it's amazing i i can't wait they're pretty awesome have you seen them jesse no yeah, I've got a couple of drivers that have them in the trucks, but I haven't. How's haven't it been working? Them, been working good. I haven't heard a single complaint. Yeah, John Poppy was telling us about our IT guy. He was telling, and it sounds really. Uh, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, she could get you in that test group if you want to try one. <laughs> she look at that look you're getting. You know, you know what's really funny about trucking, I, and I don't think about this very often, but. I've always been about change. I love yeah. change. Do to do, you know, just change everything you want. Mm-hmm. But trucking, it scares me. Right. It I, every little bit of change has always scared me, uh, just because. Just because you don't, <laughs> don't get a know. second chance. You don't. You screw up. I mean, actually, I was in Massachusetts um, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, and I missed the customer. And when you get out there. Things are very little, mm-hmm. and and I'm just I had to drive past it. I mean, I didn't know I passed it, but I just mm-hmm. kept going, knowing that I passed it. Looking around, going, "Oh my God, how am I going to get this thing turned around?" And um, yeah, luckily I, I eventually came to a parking a parking lot and and was able to maneuver through there. But it was pretty little. But but that's the thing I learned also when I first started. Well, when I first started, you know, you would just kind of normally drive like you do your via, your own vehicle, mm-hmm. and and you learn shortly after you miss a few driveways that you turn your flashes on and go as slow as you want, right. so you don't have to go thirty miles out of your way, which I've had to do. So well, and, and in those cases, you do get a second chance, but. I, I'm talking more about if you hit something. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Now, can you imagine a new driver coming through like you did in, in 14, coming through GYCDL, getting out with their trainer, and then that first trip out, second trip out, even the six months down the road, and getting in a situation, like you said, some of them roads are tight. Yes, they are. And, you know, I see it a lot. You know, it happens. I had it, to call local police this morning. Yeah, <laughs> to get somebody out of a. But they yep. did the right thing. They called yeah. you. They let yep. you know. I yep. mean, that's only sometimes that's all you can do. Yep. Most of the accidents we see is is from people. They get nervous. They get scared. Panic. They're new. They panic, mm-hmm. and they don't want to get. I don't want to get fired. I don't want to get in trouble. Yep. You know, and that's the best thing you can do is, worst case scenario, you have to stop and put out some triangles. Call yep. for help. Well, what is the the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Is it uh, the the rule like don't panic? Like the first yeah, is that don't panic. Right? Number one, don't panic. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd have to check that one out. It's called the Hitchhiker's Guide, Guide to the Galaxy. So so basically, uh, the number one rule in life is don't panic. Okay. Never panic. Oh yeah, I used to say that all the time. I'd get off the interstate before our computer co-pilot would take mm-hmm. us right to the guard check. Mm-hmm. I'd get off the interstate and I go, okay, no, don't panic. Don't panic. I'd say that until I got right. to where I was going because it's so easy to mm-hmm. get screwed up and and then you start making stupid decisions and the next thing you know you've you've hit something. Or, one stupid decision yeah. turns into another one and another one and next thing you got a snowball of a avalanche of stupid decisions. Well, it's like your your mind yeah. fills up with things that shouldn't be there. Right. You know. Yeah. What's changed most for you, Jesse, since you've been here? 
other than driver count. <laughs> um, just experience, really. What's changed, though? Yeah. Hounding drivers for paperwork, uh, early BOL scans for uh, refrigerated Kinda stuff. Kind of called that one, didn't I? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> I used to be pretty good friends with my FM, and he, right. the things he told me was, yeah, if I, everybody would just send it in. Yeah, you know. that would make life a lot easier. Yeah. Well, I think I, when when Karen was was fighting me about scanning bills lading before she mm-hmm. left customers, I I think the point I made to her was, you know, it takes you twenty seconds mm-hmm. to scan that thing, which seems like a waste of time to you. But if you don't do it, I've got to email three people, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they've got to call the customer, you so know. we can figure out what that temperature is supposed to be because it it is that important. You know, it's yeah. it's a big deal. You, know, you run down the the road at 34 degrees when something was supposed to be negative 10 because mm-hmm. they accidentally gave you the bill of lading for a, you know or put a right. printed a wrong number on there or something. You know, you get a thousand miles down the road with a rotten load of fish and yeah. tell me how that goes for you. Yeah, it's not and we've had that happen. And them loads are very expensive. I mean, what they is are. a load of cheese is big in Wisconsin? What's a load of cheese run? I don't know. We're talking. I mean, every time you lose a load, you could be losing a hundred thousand know, dollars at least, or more. Yeah, you know? at least. And that could be just because it's uh, they all fall up under FDA and everything. Mm-hmm. The, the food and drug, whatever. That yep. I'm sure they shoot the temperatures on them, make sure they're. I've done a reefer just a tiny bit refrigerated, but. Uh, and if it's off, I mean, it could get into a lot of claims. And right. it's not just the money. It's yeah. the, the product that people aren't getting. It could hurt people. Right. Yeah, it yeah could, it's could. the time. Well, they wouldn't. They, they, well, they'd yeah, probably I trash mean, it if it, yeah. if it came to that. It's changed. Better, mm-hmm. Or uh, food banks. I, I couldn't imagine. I mean, it's changed a if lot. It's still so good. Right. right. If, if it's so if, good. If, if, yeah, temperature's wrong and it's, it's like spoiled. It's yeah. gone. Oh, yeah. It's wasted, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, think about the formula shortage. You know, you're hauling a product they need for formula somewhere and you didn't have the temperature right. Well, now they're not making formula that oh, day, yeah. you know, right? Or as much as they needed to. And we had a big run of that with peanuts down in Georgia mm-hmm. when they were sending them up there. We had uh, whatever E. coli or whatever, whatever it was in peanuts, and they wound up messing up uh, peanut butter and everything that peanuts went into. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's amazing if you don't pick that load up, get all the temperatures right, deliver it when it's supposed to be. I mean, you could really. It could shut the country down, literally. <laughs> yeah, and, sounds, people, and people's jobs. That, yeah, know, that, that I didn't think about that. Thank you, Travis. Next level, yeah, yeah exactly. that's crazy. It's it's come a long ways. I, I did refer. God, twenty. It's been a long time ago, like, two or three days ago. It's been a while ago. I can't even imagine. I remember going to grocery warehouses out in California, and you would pick up, and they would have you. It's come a long ways. Oh, I can tell you, you would pick up. You'd go to this grocery warehouse, like like farmers market type deal, and you would pick up one skid. You'd wait two hours, pick up one skid, and they would tell you, "Okay, go to this warehouse." And it was literally in the same complex, but it was on a different row. Go to this one, and you'd check in, wait three or four hours, get two skids, and you would do, you would literally spend two days loading. And when, how long ago was this? Mm, two or three days ago. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's changed. I you said that. It's changed. It's God. What was that? It's been thirty thirty years ago now. It's flown. Yeah, it's been a long time. I started right out. I'm pretty much right out of high school. I was driving. And it's when I hear people nowadays, they go, I can't stand doing this. And I go, what's the problem? Well, I had to do this. And I'm going, oh, my God, when I did reefer, I would have loved to have the grocery warehouses. Lumpers. You've dealt with lumpers. Oh, yes. 
They have said it's night and day. I mean, I remember going to customers dealing with lumpers, and they expected us to, to barter with the lumpers. Yeah, they want three hundred dollars. See if they'll take two hundred fifty or two hundred oh to unload it. Oh my gosh! It's the you would be shocked the way the <laughs> trucking industry has come. It's unreal. well, even I mean, just in the eight years Jesse, I've been around, Jesse, you sound like this sounds familiar. <laughs> it sounds miserable. It, well, you know, it, the easier things get for us because of technology, it seems yeah. like yeah. Uh, the easier we expect things to continue mm-hmm. to get. So we have to like keep up with that, right? It, the older people that drove like I did a long time ago, it's, I was like, I got to find That's why I started doing flatbed because I didn't want to deal with a grocery warehouse. Oh, anymore. really? It was such different, you know. So I, I'm glad to see that things have changed. I'm sure you haven't dealt with much of that. No. A lot of, lot of dropping and hooking. Um, mm. well, half and half. Yeah. Maybe not mm. as much. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I've only done refrigerated in eight years. Um the lumpers, though, I, I, I still can't figure them out because they charge so much, but they take forever. Lumpers was really a luxury that we got when I drove. If if you were lucky, you got a lumper. Most of the time, we were the lumpers, the drivers, and they would give us $30 to unload, yeah. a whole load. And then they would give a lumper 300 which I was kind of like, well, just give me $300, I'll unload it. But that's beside the point. <laughs> it, it's uh, It's changed a lot. So uh, that, that's cool. I like I like to hear that. For for a summer, I actually unloaded uh, American Girl. Do you mm-hmm. know American Girl dolls? Oh, cool. I unloaded those uh, containers mm-hmm. uh, for just a little bit, and mm. uh, you know they don't even come on pallets. You literally they're stacked from the floor to floor the ceiling, to the ceiling yeah. and you have to stack them onto pallets, and then the forklift driver pulls it out, and you start all over. Mm-hmm. And we worked hard. Oh, my God. I mean, I was like a lumper then. <laughs> and we would unload those so fast. Well, then there's a lot of different kinds. I mean, it, I'm sure you had to put this American doll with this type. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we I've delivered makeup loads. And, you know, I know it's hard for you to imagine I don't normally use makeup. So I didn't know there was that <laughs> many different types. So when they offered the load to me and the and the, the unloading was like $150, I was like, well, we typically got 30 I was like, Oh, this is a given. Absolutely, I'll unload this load. I get there. There is a thousand different kind of makeup. So oh, I have a palette with yes. with this makeup on it and a this. A, what What do you guys do with all of that makeup that's on this? <laughs> what do you do with all of this? Yeah. Uh, you guys go through a lot for beauty. I can tell you that. <laughs> I, I've learned that that day. So well, you know, talking about uh, uh, getting unloaded quick, mm-hmm. Karen. What are your thoughts on our sliding mileage pay scale? And, uh, you know, the pay for short haul versus long haul. I, I tried to keep track of it, but I've let that go. Um, but what they do is, depending on how many miles. Now, I'm a national driver, mm-hmm. so a lot of my miles are, what is it, over 500, mm-hmm. that you just get a flat rate. Um, but anything under that decreasing by 100 miles? Yeah, it all depends. There are a lot of breakdowns. Yeah. So the less miles you go, the more they pay you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hear that that works out really well for a lot of drivers. Um, it was actually a pay increase. Um, I don't really keep track of it. Jesse, do you have any stories uh, from about what drivers say about our sliding mileage pay scale? Every I, the only things I've really heard are positive. Karen, um, what's your fuel <laughs> mileage? Yeah, what is your mileage, Karen? Um, 
in the nines? Well, see, that was the extra bonus with mm -hmm. me going to 60 miles an hour. Right, right. Um, prior to that, my, my MPG was not that good. But, I mean, I, I just looked at last week's check stop, mm -hmm. and I had 9,800 points Okay. With my MPG, and that's like a nine six nine eight. Right. And so the key is the taking off too. You know, you don't take off with your foot on the floor. You got to ease into it. But see, the automatics just do all that for you now. Right. Can you guys still manually shift on the column? Yes. Okay. You you can technically, as that thing's shifting, when it gets up to about a thousand RPM, manually bump it up. Right. And that's progressive shifting. Yes. And it, it helps with that as well. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. And and you know, the other things I learned along the way um, is coasting that last half a mile to an exit. Mm -hmm. um, and I I never idle the truck. No. I mean, unless it is extremely hot or extremely cold. Mm-hmm. The bunk does never, it for me. I don't remember ever. Ours was different. We had the EPUs in it, but I don't remember ever. I don't know. Mine stayed. I'd close the curtains. I was fine. I mean, as cold as it got, it might have been a couple of times where it got super cold or super hot, but if I closed my curtains, I was generally fine. Is that what you find, Karen? I would say if it's extremely hot or extremely cold, I, do, run, I do end up running the truck. Mm -hmm. I think this summer I might have ran it once. Yeah, and my, it depends where you're at. I yeah. mean, you could be in Wisconsin, but before it gets really cold, you're mm -hmm. in, you know, Texas. Right. <laughs> you know, so it really depends. And, and most of the time, that it'll run for a good eight hours or so, and by then I'm up <gasps> getting me something to eat, getting a shower, or or vice versa. You know, so it's typically good for me. I mean, I didn't have any issues. Last night I was walking up to the truck stop, and I couldn't believe all mm -hmm. the trucks that were running. It was beautiful out. It was like 65, 62. Wow. It's like they nice. made it a habit to just put yes, that on. Yes, it is. It and is. I, oh, I, to be honest. If I park next to a truck that's running, I get mad and I'll move. If if a truck comes mm -hmm. in and he's going to run that truck, I move. I hate the sound of it. I I, I just have to move. I'm such a simple girl. Yeah. I don't have a TV. I don't have a mm -hmm. microwave. I don't have a refrigerator. I don't. Yeah. And it wasn't until COVID I actually I actually did bring a cooler with me. Mm -hmm. But I don't have anything in my truck. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't run it. I had the the cooler refrigerator thing, and the microwave. I never had any issues. I mean, I might crank it up for a minute. Well, how long does it take to heat up something? Two minutes. Mm. It's not a big deal. So you just gotta use the energy wisely. Yeah, it was never a problem. Honestly, I never run into that. Yeah. Did you know what you were getting into before <laughs> you started? No. What did you What did you do before this, Jess? Um, well, for eight years prior to this, I was a manager for uh, Advanced Auto Parts, actually. Okay. A general store manager. So that was my most recent job prior to this. But no, I was, uh, I don't know that I was necessarily prepared for the pace, you know. I mean, it's mm -hmm. all day, every day. <laughs> you Cost. come in, put your foot on the gas, and oh, wow, <laughs> it's 1700. Let's go home. Cool. Constantly putting out fires. Yeah. yeah that's, that's what I always hear. So well, not just that, and you're helping move product. Yeah, you're helping yeah, that driver. That's, oh, yeah. that's the idea, anyway. Well, you guys it takes yeah. a special, uh, special person to do that for sure. Sometimes I wonder how Rail finds so many even kill um, 
fleet managers. I mean, you guys are mm-hmm. all so calm and cool, and and you just deal with the problem and you just move on. And you, I, I, you know, drivers explode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I explode. I've never seen a fleet manager get testy or anything. Yeah, not not very common. There there are some. Yeah, so, it happens. There are a few. I I've worked for different companies, and there is definitely. Oh. Rail is a. Uh, we're very fortunate for the ones we have because the the stuff that they generally can deal with uh, is amazing. Like you said, they don't generally get too stressed out. If they do, no. you never hear it. No. Well, and I think I think our uh, support structure not only for people that support drivers, but people that support the people who support the drivers is strong. Right. Yeah, yeah. and it, one thing that I think helps that even-keeled thing is it, to a driver, they think this is the first time this has ever happened, or like oh, I'm the only true. one doing this. Right. And I say, well, except the other five that I did this morning. Right? <laughs> or the, the other three you know, that's waiting on hold. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's unusual. Yeah, when you have 45 drivers, it's pretty rare something really new pops up. You know, it's, it's yeah, I did that already yesterday. You so. ever had this, Jess, that go uh, – I've had this never happened to you. Oh no, no, no. Challenge That's, accepted. Yeah, challenge accepted. <laughs> this is uh yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah, honestly, Karen, there is there is other this is like the fifth company I've ever worked for. Okay. I've literally had fleet managers in the past with other companies that you would call in. I've had them hang up on me over simple things. It's not everybody's just like uh trainers. You know, like you had a bad experience with your trainer. It's not for everybody. Right. Being a good fleet manager is not for everybody. There's fleet manager, what I used to call them, dispatchers. There's dispatchers, and then there's fleet managers that are actually wanting to do it and help people. No, well, that's that's it. What you just said. Yeah. You got to want to do you what you're doing. You got to want to do it. it. Just yeah. like you. I mean, you got your million safe miles. You had to want to do it. Yeah. There has mm-hmm. to be motivation. Yeah. Without motivation, I mean. But see now you got to shoot for two. Did, uh, did you when no, you reached that? I'll never reach two. Ah, never <laughs> say never. <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, the thing about fleet managers. Mm-hmm. Not to change the subject there, mm-hmm. but um, you know we. I'm sure they never hear how much we appreciate them as much as they should. They probably yeah. hear you hear negative more than you do positive. Yeah, yeah, typically, yeah. That's all right. Well, it's because you're there to help that, them through negative what, situations. That's, that's it, what we do. Well, you, you know, know it runs downhill, right? Yeah, yeah it's it's uh, <laughs> you're that the driver, and then it runs kind of downhill, yeah, and it starts uh, going uh, back up. Yeah. And maybe it's important to remember, you know, the big picture, which is yeah. you guys are like feeding people. You guys are you know doing things you're like right. that. So that negative stuff, sure, you know, it's just that's life. You just deal with it and mm-hmm. remember that you know what you're doing it for. Have you noticed? You know, in the past couple of years, we've been dealing with the COVID. Mm-hmm. Or should I say the, <coughs> the whatever? I don't know if we can't say that anymore. Sure <laughs> but anyway, we've been dealing with that. Mm-hmm. You know, the freight has changed a little bit. You know, it's not as uh, we can't be as as what as picky mm-hmm. as we have been in the past. For sure. So that's I was telling guys the other day, like when they were coming in, and I, the first thing I asked them, I go, "How how's your freight, man?" Well, it's down, and they would tell me, and I go, "You know, you you're going back more to the normal way of." the way freight was prior to this. Sure. People have kind of been a little on the spoiled side for the past two years, been able to pick and choose everything we wanted to go where we wanted, and we could demand what we wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, have, how have you guys been dealing with that? Just trying to keep people as best utilized as possible. Um, 
I don't know if I probably mentioned it to Karen, but it seems like now, you know, it seems mm-hmm. every load that hits your board, you've got to, hey, can we move that appointment up? Can mm-hmm. we, you know, move it back? The timing's not as good as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be when we were, you know, even six months ago, you could be, like you said, you're picking your freight. You know, you might uh, accept a lot fewer loads than we have to now. And, mm-hmm. and um, because of that, our freight was, it fit our drivers. It fit our needs all the time. And now we do have struggles. I know Karen's seen it. You know, you just, you know, yeah, okay, it's got some extra time on it. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's what the load is. And it's... Uh, yeah, we're yeah. working through it. And that's the business, right? It doesn't It's not just rail. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not everywhere. us. You know, I don't think that's anybody's fault here. It just is what it is. It's know? the way everything's going right now. Right, right And I right. don't foresee it changing in the near future, honestly. Mm-hmm. Karen, have you seen a, a difference? Yes. Um, especially on weekends, it mm-hmm. seems like the low freight is low. Um I've noticed appointments are spread out a little bit more than I like to see. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it also um, helps if drivers become their own customer service person. Right. And just call the customer. I mm-hmm. mean, sometimes you get lucky and sometimes you don't. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. What's the worst case they're going to do is tell just you no? no. And okay, well, thank yeah. you. <laughs> and then you're disappointed. But at yeah. the same time, next load's going to work out. So, But if you don't call and you don't at least ask... You know, and then when you do find out if you can get unloaded, just call Jesse, call your fleet manager, and go, "Hey, they're going to take me early. You that way, it. they can start working on something else." Yep. And if the you're going to be late, and if you're going to be late, just call them. The call key them. is to, to keeping so everybody in the loop to where everybody knows what we're doing. That way, we can keep everything moving. Works good for everybody. Mm-hmm. What's that key? The key you mentioned. The, you were talking about the key. Yeah, the key is just keep everybody informed. You yeah. know, get, be mm-hmm. be a team. You know, that we're all one big team. We're all trying to accomplish the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to keep America moving, trying to get freight to the customer, trying to get groceries to in your situation, trying to get groceries to the stores. And we're we're just we're trying to keep everything moving. You know, yeah, if the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's yeah. doing, <laughs> yeah. I'd say Michael Jordan playing basketball. Right, it's gonna work. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know. <laughs> right yeah mind reading yeah. is not something we learn in fleet manager school so sometimes you, I think I over communicate no mm. I don't think Just you can ever have too much information yeah. no no definitely not I, there are drivers that might over communicate I don't know maybe they call a little more than they need to or whatever they'll tell you what they had for breakfast this morning yeah like <laughs> your breakfast or I'm thinking about is. lunch I'll call you back at right. lunch and let you know how that works <laughs> I guess it could be the worst. They wouldn't tell you anything, and it's right. 3 o'clock, and they're supposed to have been there at 2. Uh, uh, why aren't you here? Well, I didn't want to bother you. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> that's the, not the, a, the ripple effects in the whole planning right. process will destroy. Well, everything. and then you think about it. If you're supposed to be there at, 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 at 2 and you're there at 3, you know, what if the next load you're picking up was a relay and somebody's waiting on that to get them home? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and it could it could it could be, a, you know, a chain reaction That's that messes really up a lot of people. Even if you want to think about it selfishly from the driver's perspective, mm-hmm. you know, if you launch on Monday and your first load, you show up for 30 minutes late mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're a work in. Right. You're that could literally affect your whole week. You know what I mean? Because maybe that load was a thousand miles, and that's mm-hmm. two days of work. And then the next load is the only load wherever the, you're mm-hmm. going, and now that's a work in. Now instead of getting 
three loads at a thousand miles in a week, maybe you got two mm-hmm. loads. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the other one isn't going to pay out till next week. So you're doing yourself a disservice by not, you know, even if you're still going to be late. Lights the minute you on. wake up in the morning and go, oh, man, I overslept. I'm going to be and 30 you know minutes that. late. As soon as you wake up, you know. Yeah, you know you're, you're going to you know. be late. Just, just even shoot That's me a message. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> Don't panic. Shoot a message and say, hey, I overslept. I'm going to be 30 minutes late. Guess what? Your fleet manager is rolling that ball well, they think at least let the customer know. They probably are thinking I can just. They're probably thinking, oh, no, I'm the only one on this board that's going to be late today. <laughs> no, there's going to be others. I guarantee you out of the 2,000-plus trucks that rail has, uh-huh. trust me, you're not the only one. No, no. <laughs> it happens every day. It is that not truck, The trucking industry is so complicated. I mean, when it comes to customers and, and each company and drivers and and just keeping everybody informed it, it gets really complicated it's like a big like a big machine with every mm-hmm. cog working the way it's like supposed to yeah it's you yeah exactly travis like a watch a swiss watch you, you're seeing it ticking <laughs> or that swiss watch here. yeah fine-tuned swiss watch you're seeing it click and everything as long as all the cogs are working perfectly perfectly it's no problem but mm-hmm. when one of them gets out of it just throws mm-hmm. a monkey wrench in the whole show. How many times do you have a plan coming in that morning, Jess? And then just like the drivers, you have a plan. I'm going to stop here, here, and here. And then about, you know, through about lunchtime that day, you go, oh, no, I'm not going to make that. Or this driver's not going to make that. Or that you have to change everything. It's mm-hmm. the whole game plan is completely yeah. changed. How do you deal with that, Jess? Um just hold on for dear life. He pulls all his hair off. <laughs> he, he screams. He puts it on mute and screams, no. Well, like Travis said before, we've got a great support system. Right. And, you know, you just got to pay. The fleet manager's job is really we are just mm-hmm. a driver advocate or an a intermediary. You know, mm-hmm. you, you we just start the ball rolling down the hill, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, we really can't do as much as I think a lot of people think we can. We're, mm-hmm. we're just there to make sure everything gets from the driver to everybody else and vice versa. So You mean you can't? What? No miracles <laughs> from your fleet manager. It's just not Oh, but it's do, amazing you know? how many times he snaps his fingers and makes things work. Yeah. Did you, well, yeah. <coughs> Karen, did you think it was that it worked like that? You're getting kind of an inner workings of the way things. It's just like with your job. I mean, you wake up in the morning, you have a plan. I'm going oh, yeah. to go you this way. You better road. have a plan. Yeah, you better have a plan <laughs> before you start going. Are you going to be like an Ikea furniture? You're going to – where did this screw go? Oh, it's extra. It'll be good. Um but, you know, you start off the day, I'm going to take this road, I'm going to stop at this one, I'm going to eat here, or whatever whatever your day is. How often does that change due oh, to traffic? You know. Weather. Weather, yeah. When I first started, any t- now I live um, outside of Madison, mm-hmm. uh, 20 minutes from DeForest right. Yard. And I'd, I'd go, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to sneak home, you know. Mm-hmm. And then, bam, a new plant pre-plan mm-hmm. came and it changed everything or when I first started I would tell oh, now I have a daughter that lives in in Cross Plains mm-hmm. down by Madison and then one up here in Marshfield mm-hmm. anytime I'd be coming anywhere near it's like oh guess what I'm coming to Marshfield <laughs> here comes another pre-plan so you learn as a driver that things aren't uh, th- that they're constantly right. changing and and you have to be able to adapt to it and sometimes it's okay, and sometimes it's not. It's, I mean, like, 
yesterday he's he has planned for me to come up here. I mm-hmm. thought I was just picking up my award and mm-hmm. and doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. Random drug test. Random drug test. <laughs> yeah. So I'm all hot and sweaty. Ornery. I was ornery. <laughs> and he comes to the door when I tell him at the I'm at the office and he goes, mm-hmm. Surprise. <laughs> so do you have you have obviously you have family at home. You said you have daughters, right? Yeah, two daughters. daughters. Any, any partner, spouse of some no. sort? Okay. Um, have you ever been that way before? Yes. Okay. Were they with you since you've been driving? I'm getting to a point. I promise you I'm getting to a point here. No. Okay. Well, but, I know yeah. certain situations, you know, you can imagine they have their partners at the house of some sort. And, you know, like you said, you were coming here, you were expecting to do this, this, and this. I mean, you know, you kept a call and said, ah, I'm, I'm not going to make that. Yeah. I can't tell you how many birthdays and stuff like that I weren't able to make. Dance recitals. All oh, my daughters was doing <sighs> ballet and stuff. I, you know, I I can't make it, you know, this weekend. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of things change constantly. It does. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's nice to think I'm going to clock out at 5 o'clock and I'm going to be home. And that's some of the things the fleet managers have to recognize, you know. We're, and, and I think ours are better than a lot of recognizing, you know, we got a lot of stuff going at home. You know, when I when I ask to be home at this certain date, I, you know, it's really important to me I want to be there. Or maybe you tell them, you know, hey, I'd like to be home for this, but if I can't work it out, just keep them informed. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, just as there's some of the things that you've, you've done to, the, you know, when a person tells you, when, when Karen tells you, I've got something important, I need to be home. Yeah, How have you worked out? Home day the day before. The day before, <laughs> yeah. And I tell them that. Is, yeah. When you need to get home? Yeah. It's usually my own doing. Because mm-hmm. I will always go, oh, but Jesse, I've got five and a half five, hours five, left on my clock. Five, Let's five, use those up. And then I'll disappoint my kids or the grandkids because right. I didn't make it exactly what I said. Yeah. But usually, usually it's my doing. I think maybe I once or Karen twice. Go home a lot. Huh? I have to make Karen go home a lot. Yeah. You'd be like, I need to be home for my, my grandson's birthday. Like, Karen, I thought you were supposed to be home for his birthday. Yeah, but I, I can probably do two more hours. No, no, you're going home. <laughs> it, it's, I don't I when I have any hours left in my clock. <laughs> I, as a matter of fact, month, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, throughout your career at rail driving, uh, have you made most of the important events that you wanted to make? Yes. By force yes. or by choice? Um. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the key is being flexible. You know, the kids are, uh, the grandkids are um, getting old enough that mm. they're missing me. And right. and so I hear, when are we going to see you next? When are we going to see you next? Mm-hmm. I mean, my grandson, if he knows I'm coming home, mm-hmm. he'll be calling me all the time. Where are you? Where are you? Right. <laughs> he'll wake up the next morning at five. Where are you? Right. I'm in the yard. Okay. <laughs> but it, that's a hard one, though. It you know, is. Like, like Jess said, you know, he if you're wanting to be somewhere Friday, it, Jess gets you there a day prior, and sometimes that, that hurts your miles, you know. That doesn't happen. I try. So so to clarify that, mm-hmm. I tell them that. You know, if somebody says, listen, I've got my anniversary right. is on the 26th. I need to be home the 25th. Right. I'm going to say, listen, I'm going <laughs> to shoot for the 24th. Is that okay? I mean, I'm going to make sure that, that they understand that I'm going to shoot for the day prior. Mm-hmm. That way they they understand, right. like, look, I'm not trying to c- cut you short, but yeah. I just, we all know. And and if you don't know and you're listening to this, <laughs> <laughs> really? um, I mean, it's 
trucking and and we shoot we i'm telling you, you your home date is the holy grail of what we shoot for what the planners are shooting for your fleet manager shooting mm-hmm. for is your rdo that's your remaining days out that's the date you wanted to be home man wait i mean we every monday we go over here's how many people were late every wednesday we have in our morning meeting Ooh. here's why everybody was late and then we parse out you know how how could we have fixed this it is a bigger deal than i think drivers even realize mm-hmm. the heartstrings and the wallet like the kind of the it's balance a, it's a balance the tonight yeah. yeah it really is right Karen? it is yeah and it is you have to figure out you know like I did a, most of my birthday, I'm sure you did the same thing, most of the birthdays. Let's do it this weekend. Let's do it Saturday because normally Saturday was a safe bet. I could be home by Saturday. It's just planning. You know, you plan. That's the way you find it, Karen? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> as a matter of fact, uh, two days ago my daughter sent me when we are getting mm-hmm. together for Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, that that will definitely go on my calendar. I'm not missing that. Mm-hmm. Um birthdays definitely and, mm-hmm. and uh, school plays and I mean just the other week I went to my grandson's first football game so that mm-hmm. was pretty exciting and um, but but the, the, your loved ones really want you home when when you say and sometimes I kind of have to fib because so tell your I told myself <laughs> that I could do five right. more hours on my, I get those five hours off my clock and then it's a, it's then a, I get them a little irritated but <laughs> it's hard to make everybody happy and you know you know you've got set amount I need I know I I did I'm sure you're the same way you wouldn't have a million safe miles if you didn't you, you have a set amount you want to make per week I did I, I want to make this amount of miles per week or I was on percentage so I wanted to make this amount of money per week or I wasn't going home until I got to that point. That's just wow. the way I was. I didn't care. And uh, it cost me a couple of times. I and mean, there was a many arguments I dealt with about it. But, you know, I Are knew. Are you still what, together? Mm, well, no. <laughs> I'm happily married now if I tell you that. <laughs> but uh, it might have been unhappily in a couple of previous X deals, but uh, yeah, yeah, you just had to. I, I, I had to set my mind. That's what it, I was all about making money. And having that support at home, supporting you my, with that goal. When I, when I met my wife I'm with now, when we met, I told her right from the get-go, unless I'm a truck driver. You know, you, she's a pharmacist, so I'm a truck driver. I know you're used to clocking out at this amount of time. Trucking's different. Trucking is, yeah, I tell you I'm going to be home. You know this, Karen. You, I tell you I'm going to be home at 3 o'clock. It might be 6 o'clock. It depends yeah. on what the mood of the customer's in, whether they unload me real quick. I'm assuming... But it might be six o'clock the next morning. It, it could as be long as you're o'clock. letting your fleet manager know. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah. That, that yeah. Delay, yeah. Keep your family informed. You know, let them know what you want to do. You know what you're doing. Let your fleet manager know if you're running into issues. You might be home at one. It might have unloaded you real quick. Mm-hmm. But I had got to where yeah. I'd stop him telling them I'm going to be home as soon as I can. Yep. Yeah. We stopped telling the grandkids that I was coming. Yeah. Because they're sitting there waiting on you to get yep. home. Yeah. Yep. That's for sure. Well, you think you're coming soon. No, no, we don't. No, t- no. We don't it's tell the grandkids at all. Yeah. I'll let the daughters know. That's like Christmas. But th- yeah. yeah, when so you I'll tell them, that. yeah, <laughs> go shopping with them and go get ice cream and quality time. <laughs> yeah, have the quality time. And that's pretty much you know for the last eight years. That's pretty much all I've done mm-hmm. besides drive. I always think of of the young. Uh, driver out there that's supporting a family that mm. really needs that money and then when freight 
starts not looking so good and it's always temporary but I always feel for them because I know that they're needing that check before you jump ship and go somewhere else think about it do your research yeah it's not just rail it's it's industry Mm-hmm. And, and the better you perform here and the better we yeah. all perform, the better our uh, chances of getting more freight are. Yeah. I've never looked anywhere else. I mean, I just recently talked to another driver, and he's researching to get mm-hmm. out of rail and go somewhere else. You better do some research. Uh, same industry. Same. I same. Know. He's in the same thing. And he's telling me he's seeing seeing other results. He's saying, you know, he's... T- and and other drivers from other companies, you don't know what kind of mm-hmm. stuff they're telling you, but you know he's. You, you, you know, we could say or say this all day long, and honestly, if someone's got their mind made up, they're going to do what they want to do. I, I try to tell them, do a little bit of research on it. I had a lady the other day; if she was when I did the GYCDL, uh, she was one of my students, and she was from Texas, and she was running the Texas Regional. And she recently, she had quit. She was gone for three weeks. And she I just seen her the other day. I was like, I have a week in between work schedules. And she was back in there doing experience. Uh, and I said, what, what what happened? And she goes, well, I thought it was, yeah, you're, you're welcome back. And I just left it at that, you know, because <laughs> she, uh, it, it does sound good. A lot of them companies, they, they make it sound. Well, they got to. Why, they want the driver. It's. You well, think, I think there's a lot of myths uh, there is. that drivers hear about. I mean, the one that I, I, the driver I was just talking to mm-hmm. said, "Well, yeah, I hear that once they once you start making more money, mm-hmm. that they'll reduce your miles so you quit." And I'm like, I am certain. I'm telling you, there is no way that they, that happens. Eric Wilson has told me. Left and right, that that's not happening. Think, and think about and this. I get plenty of miles. It's think about this right here. Financially, why would it make any sense for a company not to want well, you to run as much as you possibly can? That make financially, it makes no sense. Especially with driver shortage. Does it? Right. But but look at all the trainees that have come in. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have somebody to replace me and the next driver and the next driver in a second heartbeat. You, you'd be surprised at the turnover rate. Even with this guys coming through, and it's not just rail; it's trucking. Period across the board, we could we could have enough students to support every trucking industry out there, and it's still not enough to cover everything. We would just gain; we'd just buy more trucks. Hmm. Yeah, like a high percentage of people don't have the motivation that you had to Mm -hmm. keep you going to get you to where you are now. You mastered the craft, and now you're just you're 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 doing it. You're, and you're getting better even, you know, right? Yeah. Usually that's oh, how yeah. it goes with anything. Yeah, I mean, I can advance loads a lot easier than, than you a don't new have driver. Sit, well, you do, stuck with it. She's stuck with it. That's when you do a trip plan now, you know, you were before, like you said, when you first got started, you were like, oh, I don't know where to start. I'm going to call my friend to ask them, is there a, a truck stop or whatever. You're that friend. They can call you and go, Karen, where's this? Oh, I know where there's one. This, yeah. you know, like me, mine was always by food. Yep. I could tell you, oh, this truck stop has the best Put in whatever you like. I could tell you. Typically. And you know what? That happened. Um, a driver that I referred, or mm-hmm. actually he put me down as a referral, mm-hmm. um, he was driving towards Chicago, mm-hmm. towards Gary, um, and he was he called me to see what he should do. And because he had a, just a small amount of hours left, he couldn't make it 
through mm-hmm. Chicago that night. And I said, well, there's an exit at, uh, uh, or there's a couple truck stops at exit 42 on 3090. Uh, mm-hmm. And... Uh, He's like, well, should I stop before that then? And and I'm like, no, no, no. You know what? If you need fuel, but your your clock is ticking, just keep going and then mm-hmm. deal with the fuel stop once you get there. And uh, and then he looked up in his little book to mm-hmm. see, you know, to make sure, confirm that I was telling him the truth about the truck stop. And mm-hmm. so he calls me back and he said, there's no truck stop there. And you know how 39 goes one way and 90 mm-hmm. goes the other? Well, he took the 39. Oh. Um, that's what he was looking at mm-hmm. in his book. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're, you're going straight through on 90, and, and there'll be a couple truck stops at exit 42. So that yeah. worked out for him. It's, so I, I'm, I've learned a lot from you today. Uh, what do you do when you're not in trucking, when you get home? What's, what, what's your hobbies? What are things you like to do? Like I said, I haven't done a whole lot in the last mm-hmm. eight years. Um, it, it's primarily spending the time with the grandkids, um, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, walking to the park or uh, just taking a walk, uh, going to their programs, you know, football, um, musicals at school. Mm-hmm. Um you know what? Play Barbies. <laughs> you know right. those grandkids are so little that um, they're just happy to see me there. And and it, we used to um, do reading phone call phone call, and mm-hmm. and they would read me a book and I'd read them a book. Right. That kind of stopped, but um, that was always fun. But uh, yeah, you know what? I don't do a whole lot. I can't imagine what my life would be like. I told myself I was going to slow down once I got that million, but I don't know if I slowed down. Not really. <laughs> I. Where do you see yourself in the future? What's your plans? You said you're not going to try to do the two. So no, I. I don't think I have it in me to do another seven hard years. Mm-hmm. And I'm about to retire, so I. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'll make it there or not. What's your plans for retirement? That I don't know either. I think about it a lot. Um, uh, She's going to come up and be a fleet training manager. (laughs) You ever think about becoming a driver trainer? Uh, I did kind of, sort of, a few months back. Um, Mm -hmm. Because you're the perfect person for it because you're wanting to slow down a little bit. You know, you've got a ton of wealth of knowledge you could pass on to the next person. And you know, you got the support. Uh, you know, if things don't go right, they can s- switch who you're training to somebody else, and all you know, all that. Uh, yeah. Like you're in, from from what from what I understand, the driver trainer is in control. You mm-hmm. know, they can they make they can make calls that deal with what's going on. You know, around them, and the fleet training managers support them. For for years, I would say no. I well, first of all, I wanted to get the million by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't know if I could sit in that passenger seat. It's a different feel. You can always come and be an instructor at the school. Oh no! <laughs> you mean surfing around? Huh? Yes. No. It's a it's a unique job. I I never thought I would do that. It's a unique unique job. I actually enjoyed it. It's just a unique feeling. Like I had a, a couple that I trained on the road, 
And then I wind up going through doing training, some new ones coming through here. And then my trainers are training some of the GYCDL. And I'm like, it's like a cycle. It's, it's, it was weird. Hey, guess who I'm with this time? I'm with such and such. He said he knows. Oh, yeah, I remember him coming through GYCDL. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's unique. It's different. But then it also is kind of cool when you see someone like yourself that come through here and they were crying and sounds like you had a tough go at it. And you would see that person that you would go, man, I don't know if this is going to make This person's going to make it. And then they make it and they come up and they give you a big hug and, and you know, and they, oh, thank you. Your worst new driver could mm. become your best. It's tough. What brought you back? What? Uh, call, called a couple friends that, uh, uh, the one that, the Encyclopedia of Knowledge, I called him and, and said, what do I do, what do I do? I called my brother. He's driven for 30 years and, uh, um, they convinced me to go back, and, and actually it wasn't that hard to convince me, but okay. but I was stubborn, and I'm really not a quitter. I mean, I could have quit many times along mm-hmm. the way here because there's so many twists and turns. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're still here. What is it that keeps you doing this with rail? Because most of the days I like it. Um, I like challenging myself. Mm-hmm. Um, to getting t- to certain places. You know, if you give me an inch, I might take a mile and take mm-hmm. an extended break for, you know, an extra 10 hours. But uh, but if I'm challenged, I, I like challenging myself. And that's kind of where Ship Advisor comes in. Um ship advisor gives you the numbers and and you can see where uh you're at for the day or the month or all right we got to cut in here jesse has to get going yeah i better get get her rolling up all right well thank you so much jesse for your time bud yeah it's been fun yeah have a good time maybe to end it on this note you know i i I always was uh kind of hovering around the 37 38 39,000 miles Mm -hmm. and i just wanted 40,000, just mm-hmm. once. It was a goal, you'd say? It was a goal. Yeah. Let's get to 40,000, and I'd always miss it by just a bit. And I came uh, into Gary on December 30th, mm-hmm. and I called my fleet manager. I go, I need one more load. You know, and, and being in Gary, it'd be easy easy to get me a load to go to, to Forest for right. New Year's Eve, Right. And I said, I need one more load. And he said, sorry, we don't have anything else. And I'm thinking, yeah, we need one more load. Tell the planner I need one more load. He has no idea why I'm doing this. I had like 39,850 miles. You're so close. I was so close. Mm -hmm. But he didn't know why I needed it. But I said, no, you go back to the planner and tell him I need one more load. And I had 40,000 like 60 miles. <laughs> I'm like, I'm out of here. You done it. <laughs> I was so excited. It's like I did it. Mm-hmm. But what I won't do is if I'm planning on stopping at a truck stop and it's on the other side of the interstate, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just keep going. Mm-hmm. I, you know, go first of all, going into a truck stop weighs about 15 minutes off your clock. Oh, easy, yeah. But if you go across the, if you have to go up the ramp and cross to the other side of the interstate mm-hmm. and go to that truck stop, it, it burns even more. So, right. 
So you got to be really careful how you spend that 70 hours. And, and for me, going 60 miles an hour, it probably shaves off 50 miles a day. Now, how do you sell a driver on going 60 when they're losing miles? I don't know if I... Well, you know what? I, I have been asked to uh, work with a few drivers now and then to talk about their MPG. I make up. My scorecard doesn't change because my MPG is so high. So you make more in fuel mileage. Yeah. Yeah. And so I stay at a level 10. Um my miles might be down per day, but per quarter. I don't think it changes much. You know, well, what? I've always calculated 50 miles. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, if I go 60 miles all day from here to mm-hmm. uh, Nebraska or wherever mm-hmm. I end up. It really depends on the area you're in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of complicated. I mean, you think you're losing 50 miles a day, but I still get 650 miles in. If you're riding and you stop to, to like you said, every truck stop, what would you say, at least 15 minutes, probably more than that, especially for a new driver that's learning how to back. Yeah. I mean, that could be upwards of an hour to get backed in time you find a parking space. So if you do that three or four times a day, I mean, you've wasted half of your day. And how much time off your clock. Right. I mean, you're really – it's utilizing all your time. The, I am so stubborn. I mean, I know safety. Let's <laughs> not go there. Right. But um, I will only stop at rest areas or way stations. They're cleaner. You you just drive in and you stop. Yeah, they're easier to get in. They're always a lot cleaner than truck stops mm-hmm. 90% of the time. Yep. I just, I'm the same way. Yeah. I mean, at the, at, at the end of the day, depending on what I need or something, mm-hmm. I, I will actually go to a truck stop but during the day uh uh-uh. mm-hmm. if it's agree. four hours if it goes to four hours before i do a safety check well i didn't come across the rest area right or a way station so i got you well, well karen i think i'm gonna i'm gonna cut it right there uh anything else you can think of travis that we've no. missed and you had a good conversation yeah i thought it was good glad karen to have you here i'm glad yeah, that you fun. uh didn't give up i am glad too <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> well, it was a pleasure having you. And anytime you're back through Marshfield, please give us a holler, and we'd love to have you again. Well, thank you. All right. Yes, I know nice you said you, you aren't shooting for two, but who knows? You never know. You might get <laughs> you a million never eight. Know. <laughs> you get a might get a million eight. You might go. Hey, I'm going to do the two. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Could well, let's cut it right there. And Karen, it was a pleasure. Come back anytime. Thank you, Mike. Thank, thank you, guys. guys, for listening to the podcast and. Uh, if you have any feedback, always send it to podcast at rail.net and uh, keep listening and we'll keep sending you great new podcasts.